Welcome to Winning Is Not Everything, where we bring sanity back to youth sports by focusing on character development, effort, and sportsmanship, not rankings and trophies. I'm your host, Sean Jensen, former NFL reporter, children's book author, and youth sports coach. One of the enduring questions for all of us is, how do you define success? Well, the opportunity to interview today's guest was one of the first goals I set for Winning Is Not Everything. Stick around to find out who it is and why it was so important to me. Let's get to it. Team Snap is the presenting sponsor of the Winning Is Not Everything podcast. As we move into 2024, make sure you're ahead of the game by getting organized for your next season. Whether you are a coach running your team with the Team Snap app, an admin using Team Snap for business to manage your club or league, or a marketer looking to make noise in the youth sports space, Team Snap has you covered. Visit TeamSnap.com or download the Team Snap app from your app store for more information. When it comes to podcasts, success is measured in downloads and listens, subscribers, chart rankings, audience reviews, and of course, social media buzz. Naturally, I didn't fully know what I was getting into when I started this podcast. Winning is not everything. My hope was to have conversations with interesting sports figures with the intention of focusing on the guest's childhood sports journey and their insights, all for the benefit of our youngest athletes. I can't recall them all, but I had three dream guests for my debut episode, and I reached out to each one of them. One, of course, was today's guest, and another was Tony Dungy, the Super Bowl champion head coach and someone I knew fairly well. Coach Dungy ended up being that first guest, and I absolutely loved our conversation. But Matt Lyle was someone else I reached out to, and I would invite him every six to eight months ever since. When my son made me a father, Coach Lyle was one of the first influencers for me as a sports parent. I appreciated that he was honest, he was funny, and he was very inspiring. While I can say for certain that Coach Matt Lyle was worth the wait, in part one of our conversation, Coach Lyle shares with me what his childhood was like, including being homeschooled, what he learned from his relationship with his father, and an impactful coach who inspired him to pursue multiple talents. What are we waiting for? Let's get to it. All right, everybody, this is a truly special interview. I mean, I'm so grateful for all the guests that I have, but when I started, winning is not everything. One of my dream guests and one of the first people that I emailed was this coach right here, Matt Lyle. So coach, thank you so much for making this possible and, and giving me this opportunity to have this conversation with you. Uh, thanks, Sean. I appreciate being on. Well, Coach, I know you grew up in the Bay Area and that you're the oldest of seven. Tell me what a typical day was like in the Lyle family back in the day. Well, we were all homeschooled. So wow. think about the chaos of seven kids plus just being home all day. So, you know, I was homeschooled from second grade till ninth grade. Uh, and I think but if it wasn't for sports, you know, I don't think any of us would have ever gone to school. But at some point, you know, it was like, okay you know, you're going to have to play sports and that's just the case of it. And so it was a chaotic, crazy house. And my mom did an incredible job of being super organized and all the chore lists and school stuff and, and all that good stuff. So she did a really good job of that stuff. So being the oldest, it means you either got the best education or the worst education. So what was it, right? Because you're, you're sort of the guinea pig. 
I definitely uh, was the one that, you know, got in trouble the most and all those type of things. You know, for me, I noticed that my youngest brother, who is 16 years younger than me, I mean, I, I tease him all the time. He, he had a, he had, he was the golden child and, you know, there was no punishments <laughs> or things. And so they, they, my younger siblings had nothing similar to the experience that we have as the, as the oldest and the firstborns. And so, you know, <laughs> it molds you into who you are a little bit. But yeah, it was, I give my siblings a hard time about how easy they had it compared to the old days. Love it. Now, this is an intentionally broad question, but what's your favorite childhood sports-related memory? You know, what's funny is that uh, growing up, I probably didn't have the best relationship with my dad that I think uh, I wanted to have. He worked a lot of hours at a oil refinery, so that was my hang time with dad. He coached me for almost my entire career in baseball, Mm. and so... Any like quality time that we had was usually at the field driving back and forth. And I think, you know, some kids have the bad car rides home and all that stuff. And I probably did too. Uh, but I actually enjoyed, to me, I just like, I love the sport. And so like critiques and like the arguments and stuff that we had. Uh, to me, I looked at it as quality time with my dad mm. like and, and practices and stuff like that. So for me, it was just kind of like generally like, again, like, you know, driving to practice with my dad and coaching the games, those, those games to me you know, there was no travel ball back then. And so, you know, we, we play neighborhood kids. I would just say my 12-year-old year, Concord American Little League, uh, we had a really good all-star team, 12-year-old all-star team. And we were about one game away from going to, to the Super Regional before, uh, you know, the Little League World Series. And we went on an incredible run and ended up uh, having to beat a team twice and lo- beat them once and lost the second time. But it was, mm. I, I look back at that, you know, that that year and having a, a fun run. But, but, you know, back then, like I said, you know, my younger siblings travel, did travel ball all over the country. I, I even coached one of my younger brothers and like travel ball and we played in Florida. We played in these other places. And it's like, you know, they, they have different experiences. When when I was a kid, you, know, you played neighborhood kids. I don't think I ever played yeah. out of my town until I was in high school. You know, you alluded to it, and and you've just developed such a reputation, not only as an incredible baseball coach who's gotten results everywhere you've been, but you're also very intentional about being a father. And so when you talked about sort of the challenges of your relationship with your dad and enjoying the baseball moments with him, could you just give our listeners just more context? What were some of those challenges that you had, you know, with your own dad growing up, especially in light of the father and man that you are today. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, I mean, like, I'm a lot like my dad. And so I'm extremely critical and like, mm-hmm. you know, encouragement and like empathy are not gifts of his. And so for me, you know, they're not always my best gifts as well. And so uh, for me, you know, th- those have been challenges for me. But as a kid, those were challenges that like, he was excited. He was very critical and like didn't give a lot of praise. It's like, you know, if you made a mistake and on the field, you know, you've heard about it and you didn't hear about, you know, you didn't get a lot of ha- pass on the back. And so, and I don't think that experience is different to a lot of kids in our generation. What's funny is that not to kind of go off on this tangent, but like my dad ended up being a high school coach at the same time that I was a high school coach in the same conference. And my dad was the, <laughs> wow. was the head, my, my dad was, my dad was the head coach at my old high school and I wasn't at a different high school, which I was a head coach at before. So but him and I went to a ABCA baseball conference together. And one of the speakers, who's now one of my biggest mentors, a guy named Bruce Brown, spoke about some of this stuff. And I went with my dad to this convention. And it was just like, 
and this was probably 2011, 2012. And it was that for me was kind of the beginning of my journey and uh, in, in some transition into like being a better coach, better dad. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so I think everyone has that moment where it's like, you know what, I'm going to start doing a better job of this. And for me, that was kind of it. And then I kind of grew into my social media stuff. So all that to say, I think for me, you know, with my dad and those things is that looking back at it, I didn't mind that stuff because I was able to have that connection with him. And I think for me, I just, as I got older and my own kids, I realized, okay, I, I would like to do things differently, but also recognize that like, you know, it's very easy for me to be just like he was. And I, and I think, you know, there are some ways that I also am the same way. Yeah. But as fathers, right, we want our kids to do better than we did, right? I mean, isn't that like a, an age old hope that we as fathers, that whatever shortcomings we have, that our kids will learn and grow from them, you know? So coach, which coach encouraged and inspired you most when you were younger? You know what? Uh, when I went to high school, I was a football player. I really loved football and baseball. I loved football my sports and I love singing. I was, uh, I had a musical background. I love to sing at home in church growing up. And I, I didn't have a great voice, but I had a good enough voice that you were like, okay, he can carry a tune. Well, mm-hmm. one of our football coaches at our high school, my sophomore year, new coach, he played in the USFL, very cool guy in his mid thirties and like a great player. Well, he was also in charge of choir and band. And he did like a sales pitch to the football players, you know, come be in choir or band. And we go on tour for spring break. We go to Disneyland. He kind of like gave us this whole sales pitch. So I did it. I did like choir, advanced choir. I sang with Bowtie and Cumberbund all through high school. I, I was Hamlet in the school play. And so I never had a relationship with like a male figure like that before. He was a football mm-hmm. coach fatherly figure like but also like you know he was in the music and arts so for me it, he was an incredible incredible influence in my life and and so to me he kind of really unlocked just like oh man that that's kind of that's the guy i want to be one day mm-hmm. he's a very fun coach like he's knowledgeable but he really connects with the kids and uh really like brings out the best in them and and to me like and i like, see now you know that was oh boy that was 30 years ago and we still stay in touch he moved away after my senior year, which was really hard for me, actually. Um, but we've stayed in touch. We've gone golfing over the last 30 years. He lives in Texas now and, and actually just got done producing a movie. Like he's, his, his career transitioned and grown too. And, and so um, I look back to that. That was really the first male you know, influence that I was that at that time in high school, I really needed it. And he was like the guy that showed me like, Hey, this is, it's, you can be a cool dad, father figure, teacher, coach guy that really connects with kids. You don't have to be so critical and harsh. And mm-hmm. I think for me, not just with my dad, but just in general, I, you know, I think a lot of the kids who grew up in the seventies, you know, eighties and nineties, our coaches were really harsh across the board. My mm-hmm. basketball coach, football coach, we, we had harsh coaches uh, yeah. and I didn't mind that at all. Like, except me personally, but I just had not experienced like the other side of it. And so for yeah. me, I was like, that's, that's the guy I want to be in, in the future. And so that, that for me was a big one. So was that your Ted Lasso type coach? Yeah, he really was. He was the Ted Lasso in my life before there was a Ted Lasso. Like he really, like yeah. I said, super encouraging. And then at the same yeah. time, we keep you accountable and call you out. But like, he just yeah. did it in a different way that... I just had never seen before at the time. And yeah. I think there are, I think there are a lot of coaches out there now that are getting much better at that. But back in the early 90s, it was it was very rare. It also sounds like he just modeled for you that you could be different things, right? That yes, he could be a football coach, but he also could be a musician. 
Because I see that in you now. I mean, people see you as a as this social media coach, but I mean, you've written books, you know, you're, you do comedy. I mean, there's just so many different things that you're involved in, you know, beyond just maybe the most obvious one. Yeah. And I think for me, what I realized was in that when I first went on my first college visit, like music was going to be a major of mine. I, I, I wow. really love music. And I, so I think for me, and even through coaching and through social media, what I try to do is just talk about and share about the things that give me joy. And so like, I just, I just don't want to limit those things to, I love baseball and softball. I love coaching more than anything. But at the same time, like there are other things that give me joy and I, I want to spend as much time as I can pressing into those things and sharing about them and, and doing them as like, much as I can. Awesome. What was the most valuable lesson you learned through a challenge or defeat growing up? Um, I think for me, just like the, the heartbreak of defeat and how much work you put into it and, that, and realizing like, like if you want something, if you want to like the highest level of it, you're going to have to really work hard for it. It's not going to be given to you. And so for me, there were times that I remember losing the game or losing the championship growing up and going, man, like looking back, we should have done a better job of, you know, working harder or just, just in general, those things. And I think also at the same time, I think growing up learning a lot about failure and adversity and how I had to rebound from it and not just sit in it and sulk in it and feel sorry for yourself. I think that for me, I really learned quickly, like, hey, if I was to sulk and be sad about a performance, then you know, it, could, it would go on for a week. But I, so I had to really do a really good job of, okay, I learned that lesson. I'm not going to do that again. Tomorrow I'm going to be better at this. And so I think for me, it kind of just said dealing with failures and dealing with adversity to me was a big one. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Winning Is Not Everything. Please make sure to like the podcast and subscribe to the podcast so you can immediately get the latest episode. If you have any questions or comments, please visit my website, seankjensen.com and go to the contact page. You can even leave me a voice recording. And of course, I want to thank my presenting sponsor, TeamSnap. Whether you're a coach, an administrator, or a brand looking to reach the youth sports community, TeamSnap connects the world of youth sports. Visit TeamSnap.com or download the TeamSnap app from your app store for more information. Until next time, I'm Sean Jensen.